man that is just not sneaky as like what it's re- it's no. really not when no, it just it's goes really not now recording like one of us would just have to be screaming <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, like, drown it out either that or mute him yeah well, actually i guess uh, i could start and mute him and then like we wouldn't hear him join but anyway Howdy, everyone. Welcome back Yell. to Lorecast Eternals. Hello. I'm Phil. I'm Jacob. there. And that's I'm Mitchell. Mitchell. And that's Mitchell. Go. Exactly. Um, so we, we are doing a bonus episode today just because, you know, this is we talked about the last episode, but this is us, you know, sucking at scheduling and <clears throat> missing a week. We're not going to talk about it. It was no one's fault. Definitely all ours. <clears throat> Anyhow, <laughs> um, so we're doing a bonus episode today and then we're going to do carrot on overlords part two next saturday and you know we were kind of thinking what bonus episode could we do like some of y'all asked for bretonia and things the like and yada yada and we, we thought about doing it but we also realized we didn't really want to do any research because we're lazy <laughs> ungodly so we thought, lazy yeah, ungodly. Oh, oh yeah 100 not yeah, not like to right mention now, the Aggie overlords football is game like, is all going like on all the research <laughs> so we thought what could we just talk about just all facets, just talk, just absolute bullshit about for X amount of time. And we all took a moment of silence and we came to the conclusion that today is finally the day we do the 40 K bonus episode. Yeah. We yeah. just word vomit 40 K. Exactly. So now, that's I what have, this episode is going to be. I have a quick question for everybody here. Now that we've gathered, um, while we're doing this, do we want to load up some like dark tide, play some dark tide? Oh man, my brother in Christ! I don't think I have the multitasking abilities to talk no, about no, things no, we'll, and we'll play do it Dark on like, Tide, bro. We have the ability. We have the technology. But no, I was thinking just loading up a private game and just the, just the three of us on like the easiest difficulty. I don't even know be, if I have it downloaded. It's gonna my be brother like this, in Christ. This is my favorite part of Warhammer. Oh God, Plague Ogren! Ah! And then the entire podcast is gonna go off the fucking rails. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and that because. Uh, the other reason I was thinking about Dark Tide is that, you know, Dark Tide is probably one of the most well-known um, 40k labels to be released recently. Oh, I do have it downloaded. Neato. Oh, oh, cool. So it sounds like we're playing Dark Tide. All right, everybody load up. I, I don't know if I can join you, my brother. I yeah, my multitasking abilities also are really I trash. I don't know if I have the strength. Uh, oh man, speaking of like bitch speaking, in here, <laughs> speaking of 40k video games, have y'all seen Space Marine 2's gameplay trailer? Oh my god, oh my hang god, on. hang on, before before we go any further, Philip, you didn't even do a sound check, did you? You're just going this like raw. Oh shit, yeah, no, I didn't do a sound check. Actually, I guess we should go ahead and stop this real quick and make sure that the sounds actually if this sounds good. We will just continue, right? I think I sound nice and crispy. <laughs> Um, we... Well, it's not. It's it's more on the recording end of Phillips' end. Yeah, I think we all sound good, and I yeah. haven't adjusted anything since last week. That sound, honestly, if we don't sound good, that sounds like a po- a problem for editing, and also known as a Phil problem. <laughs> Facts. Okay. Wow. Moving on. Um, but no, I, I looked into uh, if it. This fails. I just want y'all to know I am doing no editing, and like, fuck all of you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! You're more than welcome to stop, and then like. Check it out, and you can press start again, and we're all good. Listen, listen, Phil. If you need help, just call me, and I will not pick up the phone. 
Um, I promise I can do actually, that for you. Is there a way to to pause and just record like one section? I mean, you can just press stop recording and then start recording again and just for those two things together. For those who don't know, before mechanic works. Yeah. But again, I ha- I still haven't played right. Total so War. We, t- we, since we like... took a short little break to uh, double check all of our sound settings, and they are in fact quispy. Do we so sound good, Mr. Editor forward. Man? Yes, we sound good, Miss Mr. Not Editor Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but no. So yeah, we took a quick break and, and we got sidetracked because this is just, this is just a pure chaos episode. So get ready to like have fourteen conversations going on at once. Yeah. Um, but well, now, also having no conversations going on because we're hundred percent. <laughs> we'll get to forty k eventually. I promise we will. But no, no, no. So um, r- real quick before we start though, um, as I was saying, Mitchell, yeah. So instead of having settlements and not being a horde army, what you do is you attack other people's settlements, and you basically put in a cult, a cult of Zinch or a cult of the Changeling. Oh, okay. And that's how he recruits his his shit. And you can do symbiotic buildings or parasitic buildings. So symbiotic buildings give you less shit, but it also helps the settlement. So if the set and the better the settlement's doing, the better the better you're doing. So it's more of a long game thing. Where parasitic buildings are like, fuck you, I'm taking all of your shit and then burning your settlement to the ground. Okay. So, like, my favorite one so far is the trading building, which basically you gain money based off of a certain percentage of the income that the city's making. But it also increases the income of every building in the settlement. So I slapped a fucking um, cult in Altdorf, and I used a uh, I used a cultist, so it was a, it was a spicier cult. So it, it started it started with two max rank buildings. So it started with a max rank trade building and the max rank symbiotic trade building increases the income of all buildings in that city, uh, settlement by 50%. Oh, damn. Yeah. Could you imagine, Phil, could you imagine slapping that in like Marienburg or um, Erangard? Jesus, fuck. Yeah. I would um, just reiterate, I have not played Total War since the last time we played and I'm pretty sure that that's been over six months ago. It's been a while. The reason why I think you like the changeling is because normally in um, whenever you play a mortal realm, it's like, yeah, I want to go like build my empire and do a bunch of things. And then I have to like conquer X amount of cities and yada, yada. And then I'll win. Right. Yeah. The changeling, because the changeling thing is he's a massive prankster. I mean, his pranks cause world. I just wars, get but... to dick around and not actually play the game. Exactly. Yeah. No, you have schemes. I would you love mi- that. <laughs> you you have minor, you have minor schemes, grand schemes and the ultimate scheme and doing the ultimate scheme is how you win your campaign. And so like the current minor scheme I'm doing is go to castle Drakenhof in Sylvania and get Zinch corruption to 75% and then just tear a fucking hole in reality and have Zinch demons pour out. Uh, that's going to be beautiful. And the cool thing is um, once you get X amount of schemes done in a theater. So right now, if I'm in Sylvania, I'm in the Empire's theater. You can just teleport to a different theater. So I could go from the Empire to like all right, Ulthwain. So real quick, who's playing what? Your, your voice got like much quieter. Are you far from your mic? No, I'm right here. Am I still quiet? You're not you quiet. Sound- you're, you're not quiet. You're muffled. Yeah. Huh. Like, uh, did your mic be. change? No. Wow. Um, we're not playing, Philip, because huh? we have no multitask ability. Oh, you bitches. Well, that, that came out clear. <laughs> it's anger. <laughs> he, just has, he just has to be filled with rage. Yeah. Ah, uh, come on. 
So am I, am I still sounding a bit quiet though? Dick. Like I said, like I said, you're not quiet. You're muffled. Like, like yeah, there's something weird. blocking your mic. Or yeah. Okay, give me one second. Let me run a check or my. So it's Philip figures that out. Um. Yeah, no, I need to re-download Total War. Oh yeah, and actually play again. Yeah, um, I, I think you would really enjoy the changing because, like I was saying, you can just teleport to different theaters. So I could be the Empire, and then go to Ulthwain, and after Ulthwain, go to fucking Nagaron. Snap at, in, in the snap of a finger. So yeah, Aggies, the entire go. thing is you just. Do I still sound muffled? Eh, eh. Huh. Okay, that's strange. Yeah. Whack. Continuing. But yeah, no, um, I, I I think you'd really enjoy it. So are we okay. not actually playing Dark Tide? No, we're not because we can't multitask. We we suck. God, why can't you people multitask? Listen, because I I have the brain the size of a bird. I am an inferior human who possesses a brain the size of a walnut, and I can't do things. I'm the we type have... of person who can't walk and chew gum, Philip. <laughs> Bro, I like oh, I need to be doing something. This shit's driving me well, crazy. Yeah, because you have well, fucking ADHD you go, or something. Go play Dark Tide. You have. You're okay. <laughs> like you, you can play. I, I mean, know me, you. You mean and... building models and watching the same show over and over again while having a conversation about something completely different. Listen, like, the be the best thing that I can do is listen to Lo-Fi while I do this. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, Mitchell, this is for you. Speaking of, I, I have found probably one of the more interesting versions of Lo-Fi I have uh, recently that I, I think you might enjoy. Oh? Do you? I'm assuming you know the genre 90s grunge, right? Oh my God. 90s yes. grunge lo-fi presidency of the united states is one of my favorite bands and and so i'm listening to 90s grunge lo-fi i'm on this playlist and the first song is heart-shaped box <laughs> and it kind of slaps okay, like i'm not I'm... gonna fucking lie so i think you should take a look at that uh i'm taking a look right now Oh yeah. The one that I the one that I'm watching is a 90s grunge but lo-fi compilation volume 1 by Alien Cake. Or Alien Cake Music. Um Damn, this probably, is nice. It's fucking I know, right? So it's a little harder than most lo-fi just because it is based off 90s grunge, so it can get a little harder, but all in all like the vibes are kind of immaculate. Yeah, this is um Oh, how how should I put it? Peep. It's peep. It's peep? peep. No, I Oh, sorry. Gotcha. But I, I heard this and I was like, Mitchell. Mitchell needs this in his life. I do need this in my life. This is really good for when I start modeling after this. Modeling and <laughs> building models. I'm not a... um. I'm not gorgeous in any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell, you're... I, I, I think you look good enough. Oh. And apparently... Oh. The majority of the Discord, the server does as well. So, oh, by the way, from the reaction of the pictures we put from fucking uh, LVO, LVO last year <laughs> or this so, year. By the way, um, uh, World War Z Aftermath, that game that was renowned for having the massive hordes of zombies. Oh, it's such, mm -hmm. such a good. We need to play that again. That's such a good game. Hey, you want to play it right fucking now? <laughs> no. Um, Philip, my brother. No, but Phil apparently, Christ. apparently, the technology that was used in that game to generate the hordes is the same technology used to generate the the Tyranid Swarm. No, 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 no! Not just the Tyranid Swarm, the Guardsmen too. Noise. 
Yeah, because you have hordes of guardsmen and shit as well. Yeah, but you're correct about the technology. But yeah, it's also like, yeah, no, they did it for the Tyranids and the guardsmen. And like, oh, it, it's so good. We're talking about Space Marine 2. If no one's picked that up on that. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it looks so, just so, so good. I can't. And it, it's coming out this winter. I'm so, I'm so like, I'm it. here for it. I'm so um, here for it. Uh, oh, shit. Um, we forgot to do... um. Patreon shout out. Yeah. Uh, nah, no, there's, bonus episode. there's no new guys. Themselves. No, there's no new guys, <laughs> but I still want to say shout out to the Patreon. You guys are fucking awesome. As always, show love, show love when I can. Just wanted to say that. I don't think we have any announcements. I know it's a bonus episode, but nothing, yeah. nothing pressing going on Man, at the moment. Nothing nah, pressing. Nothing pressing. All right. No. Uh, we should probably start talking about 40K. <laughs> Okay, um, like a little bit at least. Nah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and just to be clear, this probably isn't just going to be like 40k lore. We're just going to kind of talk about like every facet, just in general, just because there's a lot of knowledge between the three of us, and like this is about us episode. Oh, so fuck it, we're no, just going to kind of word vomit. I'm going to go play some Killing Floor too. That's what I'm going to play. Okay. Oh, did you hear Killing Floor three is coming out? Really? Yes, and I think it's coming out relatively soon hold on let me see i'll probably play like two rounds of killing <laughs> floor two and then like that's it oh okay so because, killing uh, floor killing floor three is set to come out mid to late 2024 nice but uh, they have a trailer out and it looks like it, it's just a cinematic trailer but like it looked good I, I i am very hyped for it i used to have a lot of fun playing killing floor two yeah remember the christmas uh, level Yes. Oh my god, that was so much fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. Forty <clears throat> K. Okay, seriously, I will start us off by giving you a topic. Okay. Oh, what if I fuck it up? No, because you can't screw up your favorite one. Talk about the months of woe. Uh, the months of shame. Months. Of, They're probably called the months of woe too. Probably. Yeah, it depends on uh, who you ask, right? Yeah. No, th th this is actually my 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 personal favorite um piece of lore in 40k. And like there's no particular reason for it. It's just it just is. I don't know. I just really vibe with it and it's basically just the space wolves telling the inquisition to eat a fat dick. And the um, gray knights. And the grand Oh, yeah, inquisition. Put that up a title, but yes. Uh, it started off or what caused it was the first war of Armageddon and that's the only non-Gaz school war of Armageddon. That's actually when Angron was like, I'm going to fuck that planet up. Poor Armageddon. So, yeah. 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 It, you know what's really shitty? is The first war of Armageddon still happened in M41. Like, all three wars happened in, in, 40, in M41. Like, there is still a solid, like, 450 years before 2 and 3 happened, I think. Or maybe 350 years. But all three of them happened in the same... <laughs> Millennium. Damn. It's pretty rough. Okay. Oh, dude. Battle Sector. <clears throat> Warhammer 40k Battle Sector has a few new DLCs I didn't know about. Oh, yeah. Neat. Oh, oh yeah. No, no. They, it's great. Um, yeah, they've got, got Orcs that. and Demons of Corn now. Um, The one thing that kind of that I'm kind of salty about with having the, the, the new races in Battle Sector is that they, there's no new like there's there's no type of campaign add ons at all, which I get because the the, the Nid versus Blood Angel campaign was pretty was we had decent length and there's lots of shit going on. I just kind of wish there was at least mini campaigns because I just really like that. Someone just set off a firework outside my house. Is it fireworks um, or somebody shooting? 
Dude, in this in this neighborhood, it could be a fucking backfire on a tractor for all Bro, I know. Mitchell, the current song that's playing on my lo-fi is Wonderwall. Ooh. Delicious. Um, where was I? That's a shame. Yeah. So the first form of Armageddon is what set it off. And I, I'm not going to go like super, super deep into it because we're going to be talking about lots of things. But basically what happened was first form of Armageddon happened and the Inquisition was like, so no one can know chaos exists at all. So we're going to kill basically everyone who fought in this war, essentially. Or a, 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 every like just normal human like guards and whatnot. I don't I don't think that they fuck with any space marine or um, inquisitorial forces and the space and the space wolves were like yeah we don't really vibe with that at all so they the space was actually helped get survivors off planet and refugees off planet to go to different worlds to like whether it was to restart their lives or just to get the fuck away and and, and yeah they basically did that because they're telling the inquisition to like you know fuck right off and so in response, if I remember correctly, the Inquisition was like, cool, every single planet that has even been touched by the ship carrying Armageddon refugees, we're just going to fucking exterminate us. And uh, Space Wolves didn't like that at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, the Space Wolves are kind of really one of the coolest Space Marine chapters out there because they're like... They are, honest to God, very nice. Oh, yeah. They're up there with salamanders when it comes to, like, actually yeah. caring about the, the imperial population. Like, they could be a little more a little more cold when they need to be, but by and large, they're very much like, if we can save innocent lives, we're going to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to a certain extent, you can make the argument that they're the inheritors of the emperor's will because they were his executioners. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so the Inquisition starts fucking... In exterminating planets that had and for those who aren't super versed in 40k lore that essentially means blowing up the planet killing the population of the planet in some way shape or form being blowing it up virus bombing it just shelling the living shit out of it there's various ways to end a pop a planet's life uh that's what exterminatus means i'm pretty sure everyone knows that but i'm just covering my bases because oh my god they're making a lot of noise to like, be fair I don't know what, what's up to, to be fair, Mitchell, whenever we're there doing a podcast, we tend to make a lot of noise, so I feel like this might this just be righteous vengeance. This has been, like, vengeance. all day of, like, the old upstairs neighbors. <laughs> oh, like, the... the... A... <laughs> Oof. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's, I, I know what you're talking about now. Man, that's, that's back to episode two. It's been a while since we talked about those old upstairs neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> no. we haven't had them in a while, so, like... I mean, fair. Well, oof, Mitchell, I, I'm, I'm sorry for your trials and tribulations. Yeah. Sounds like they're dropping bowling balls. Yeah. <laughs> Le- Honestly, oof. a lot of times it, feel, it sounds like they're falling down the stairs. <laughs> oof. Um, so. But yeah, so going forward, um, so the Space Wolves and the Inquisition were pretty pissy at each other because of this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, th- and this was all being pushed forward by by a, um, a, a actually a pretty sketchy Lord Inquisitor. I think his name. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck. I think his last name started with a K. I think it was like. Kynor or Kite. Kisenor. Not, not Crippman. Not Crippman. Point blank. It, uh, point, point blank. Point being is the Lord Inquisitor that was like spearheading this like was actually pretty was actually pretty like sketchy. He didn't really have any allegiance with okay. any of the existing ordos 
and no one really knew like where he came from. He was just kind of there. That sounds pretty sus. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, uh, nothing really comes of it though. <laughs> I'll explain why. Um. So yeah, Space Wolves Inquisition were not fucking happy with each other, and they start having issues, and it basically culminates with um the 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 uh, Inquisitor being like, "Hey, Space Wolves, meet us here under Armistice, and we'll figure out a way to deal with this issue." to come to agreeable terms. Um, and he, and he sent that, I think, yeah, he sent it to Logan Grimnar cause he's still the acting chapter master of the space wolves. And Logan Grimnar was like, Oh my God, it's playing zombie now. Fuck yeah. Sorry. I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm really enjoying this lo-fi. Um, you know, we all do, but yeah, so Logan Grimnar is like, cool. Yeah, we're going to meet. We're going to do armistice. We're going to figure this out and stop having basically a civil war. So Logan Grimnar shows up. I think he just shows up with like one battle barge and that's it. Like, it's just him. If I remember correctly, I might be wrong. I haven't actually looked up or thought about this in a while, but um, he shows up. Whether it's just him or not, he is very much not prepared to be attacked because he gets there and the uh, Inquisitor is like, cool. Yeah, blow that ship the fuck up. Uh, so well, Logan ain't cool. It's not cool at all. It's because Inquisitor's a dick. Um. Oh, and, and a something that's actually pretty important is um the 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 Grey Knight that actually broke Angron's blade during the first War of Armageddon. I forget his name, but the I think the Space Wolves called him the Blade Breaker. Um, the Space Wolves actually did respect him a lot, even though he was working for the Inquisition at the time. They were like, "Fuck the Inquisition." But um, Logan Grimnar teleports onto. Uh, the Inquisitor's ship after he, after they get attacked with his with his like personal guard and the Inquisitor's there. I think the Blade Breaker's there and the Grand Master of the Grey Knights at the time were there as well. And Remnar was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And the Inquisitor was basically just like, "Fuck you, eat a fat dick. You're traitors and you're gonna die." And you know, classic in, in Inquisition shit. And um. He basically told the Grey Knights, "Okay, fucking kill him. Like, like get, get be, be done with this." So the so the Grand Master of the Grey Knights walk up, walks up to Logan Grimnar. Or is it Grimnir or Grimnar? I honest to God, Grimnir. I honest to, I honest to God forget. But he walks up to him, and Logan Grimnar's like, "Hey, yes, Grand Master of the Grey Knights, very powerful psychic, very powerful space marine." Lots of psychic shenanigans. Super powerful. I'm going to kill you now. And just murders him. Like, blink of an eye. Just, ah, yes, my axe is now in your throat. And just fucking kill him. What is that noise? Uh, Sounds like a crow. Feel, I think, uh, having some issues there, my friend? Hello? Oh my god, is this what I sound like when my mic does this? Yeah. I am sorry. Oh, I think that's my computer fan. That was that, not your on, computer that, fan. If that was, that's bad. Like, that is scary if that was like, your computer really fan. really bad. I well, love... It stopped now, so there's that. Either you know, if, Mitchell, if Phil's computer explodes, I guess that's that. Yep. I love, like, you could sit there and all these people are like, well, this is totally not a Dark Angel successor chapter. I want you to look 
All right. Is it still making that noise? Nah. No, I think Look it's at done. that emblem. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that is not a Dark Angels successor chapter. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, it's the Angels Redeemed. How is, even with that name, how is that a, not a Dark Angels successor chapter? Huh. Wait, what? You said that's a Dark Angels successor chapter? No, it's not. It just says unknown. Oh, okay. Successors it, of unknown. I'm just like, be real. That is Dark Angels. That is literally the Dark Angel symbol. Just with dark orange. <laughs> it um, it kind of is. Oh, you know, you, you know, GW and fucking they have bajillions of fucking successor chapters that they have no founding chapter. But we all know who the founding chapter is. I mean, look at the Sons of the Phoenix. Yeah. Imperial Fist successor chapter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah let's go with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically enough, um, so like the Sons of the Phoenix, realistically, Philip, like, you sound completely different. I what? Why? Like, check your settings. Are you even using the actual like mic? <laughs> I should be. Are you okay there, my friend? Do you have any? You doing good? Is your computer having a stroke? I think it might be. Do we need to re do you need to restart your computer and just rejoin? Maybe. Well, let's do that then. Uh hang on. How do I sound now? Better? Well, you need to you need to talk continuously so we can have a good judgment. I mean that's fair, but like how am I sounding in general? Decent. Yeah, you sound fine. Decent enough. I'm wondering if it's because I'm playing a game at the moment. I loaded up some, uh, uh, fucking. Farthest Frontier? No. Um, Damn it. Fucking, uh, Hired Gun. Necromunda Hired Gun. It could be because you're playing a game, yes. Huh. Okay. Your multitasking abilities have become very, very weak. Really? Yeah. There's not much for me to talk about at the moment. But is it is it seriously not doing very well? No, no, you just sound completely different. That's fucking weird. Continue huh. seriously. Yeah, no, so I was just I'm just like, man, I wonder why Philip's computer's having a hard time. This is gonna be a wild episode. <laughs> yeah. Quality um, content this will not be. Oh, I fucked that up. Whoops. So basically, hang, hang, hang on. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Philip, ser Philip, stop yes. it and restart it. The my computer or what? Yes. Okay. God damn it. Uh, not what I wanted. You sound like you have like a child speaking the exact same words right behind you, but in like in a poltergeist manner. All right, I'll be back. Did he not realize that he was the one recording? I I don't know. D did he stop the recording? No. You know what? <laughs> Craig is still here. Let's go. Fuck <laughs> it. We, fuck it. We ball.
We ball. I'm just okay. gonna finish. I'm just gonna finish. So, so basically, like, yeah. So, um, Grim Grim Grimnir kills the Grey Knight chapter master. I think his name was Jaros. And then they teleport the fuck off the ship. The, 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 they killed some more Grey Knights who were like doing weird psychic shit to block them teleporting. They murdered the Grey Knights. They fucked off. And Crippen was just like, Ugh! and he just let, let them go because shit went super fucked. And like the Grey Knights just lost, their, just lost their chapter master. So he was like, fuck it. Just leave. So obviously the armistice failed. So the, escal the, the uh, confrontation continued to escalate. So it finally culminated in the siege of Fenris. Where basically the dude show the Lord Inquisitor shows up with like an entire chapter fleet, a bunch of fucking gray knights, a bunch of inquisitors. Uh, I think it was the Red Hunters, uh, gray knights, other imperial vessels, and they're all at Fenris or uh, at um the uh the Fang. Fuck, I, I completely spaced the name. They're 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 Fortress Monastery, and the Inquisitors like I'm gonna. I'm going to talk to whoever's in charge because like the majority of the space wolves were just dispersed out where doing missions and shit. Yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna, so he's like, t t I'm going to talk to someone who's in charge. So the fucking, <laughs> the gray knights woke up Bjorn. Oh, <laughs> Bjorn the fell handed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's somebody you just like wake up. Yeah, you know, like the oldest existing space marine, and, like that's alive right now and fought next to Lehman Russ, has fought Magnus, demon Primarch Magnus, and lived. And yeah, that one. They woke up with that one. Yep. Yep, and, they probably uh, thought that was a great idea. Uh, yeah, so the Inquisitor, they're talking to Bjorn. And, um, yeah the inquisitor's like yeah like surrender and obey imperial authority and yada yada and bjorn was just like ah yes pathetic and that was basically what happened and so while this is happening um if i remember correctly grimnir just jumps into system out of fucking nowhere while the while um the inquisitor's distracted talking to bjorn and whatnot ambushes his ship in particular once again there's a huge fucking fleet of shit there ready to fuck up the space wolves and bjorn jumps into that dude's ship uh teleports in and just murders him huh yeah nice murdered the shit out of him nice um i i think like there, there was some like fighting amongst the fleet like i think it was not just bjorn's ship i think there's a couple other ones there's a there's a small skirmish between the starships but yeah no bjorn murders the guy and then everything just stops and they're just like yeah fuck this we're out okay and i just it's just fucking hilarious to me because the entire thing was the inquisition being like we're gonna be dicks and then the space were like no you're not and then the inquisition was like yeah we are and then the space were like we're going to continue. We're going to start murdering high-ranking inquisitorial officials if you don't fuck off. And they're like, "No, you're not." And they did it. And they're like, "Well, they're not gonna do it again." And they did it again. <laughs> oh god! And then it ended. <laughs> like, I can go a lot more in depth with this. I really could. I'm just choosing not to. Like, this is not the full fucking story. This is like the Cliff's Notes. If Cliff Notes had Cliff Notes, this is basically it. Yeah. Um, but like, ah, I just love it. It's just fucking hilarious. It's, it, it's one. It's like one of my favorite pieces of lore, and it's it's just great. I just like it. I just think it's neat. It's a great topic. It really is. Okay. It's just space wolves being space. It's friendly space Vikings being friendly space Vikings. Yeah. Man, it sure is taking a while for Philip to come back. Um, maybe his PC's on fire. Maybe we we'll figure that out later. So, what is what is your favorite piece of lore, Mitchell? Oh God. 
Remember, you you can just cliff note the cliff notes, bud. Honestly, it's actually fairly new. Um, but it's how the gray the the gray knights are actually like the twenty first legion. Oh yeah, for Magnus. And like it was specifically done for Magnus. So like you had the whole entire thing with um the burning of Prospero, the thousand suns, and Magnus is like, I am so angry and kind of starts going against the emperor and whatnot um and he goes to like he went to Terra and to like kill the emperor or something right was that his entire purpose there um wait why much why magnus went to Terra? yeah man my 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 horse heresy lord is really sketched i haven't read that i actually haven't read that new lore i I know of it but i haven't read it yet i don't think he was there to kill maybe he was i i fucked he was there to do something but pretty much he got with um, before he was able to get to the emperor, he, he got to Malkador and they they like played some like weird chess game. Um, but he finally got to the emperor and it was more of like the emperor just went like, hey, bud. Hey, buddy. You're, you're like one of my favorite sons. And I would love for you to be back on my side because you are absolutely crucial to everything. Um, but. Your sons have a problem. And oh yeah, that's what it was. He wanted him to abandon the yeah. the, the thousand suns because they're mutation issue. Yes, and like we have this, we have this like entire new like set of sons. Like, although you're, we will take your old sons out back and kill them like old Yeller. Um, these new sons, it's like just don't think about it. It'll be fine. It's going to be great. They're silver. They're he great. returns. I hey, think welcome back. A serious issue. What? Uh, when I hit restart, my computer threw an error that said CPU overheat warning. Huh. Ew. That is not good. That is not yeah. good. No. Um, performance CPU. We're going to be uh, taking sh- a quick break because of technical difficulties. Does it yeah. tell me temperatures? Yeah, the issue I'm, is that I have MSI Afterburner installed, I'm but it's go just ahead and like, oh, hey, what's going on? And it's like, oh, we don't know. And it's like, uh, excuse you. Okay. All right, we have Pull returned. Back. We okay. had some technical difficulties. Continuing with my story, um, but yeah, no, it's um, pretty much. The emperor just like, hey, I want you to come back and to tempt you. I've got your new sons, and Magnus chose to be the good dad, which is probably his biggest flaw: is choosing to be a good dad. Yeah, he didn't want to abandon the Thousand Sons, and it led to uh, problems. Yes. So, um, I don't know why. That's just my favorite bit of lore. Well, it's because for a long time, we thought the Grey Knights were the gene seed of the Emperor, and we found out that is, in fact, not true. They're the gene seed of Magnus, which also makes sense for them being so psychically potent. Yeah. It also, so, also kind of helps aid as to why they go through such rigorous training uh, to get into the Grey Knights. Um, because the Grey Knights have some of the most rigorous training for their neophytes out of everyone. Every yeah, they chapter. have a they have a pretty high death rate from correctly. Yeah. The only I think the only chapter that has a harder the Exorcists, right? Yeah, yeah, because for them now again, you could actually say that theirs is easier because they have a wider base to draw from because the exorcist can take you can technically take any neophyte and be like oh yeah cool we're taking you um as long as you are like gene seed compatible 
what makes the Grey Knight so difficult is that they have to pick compatible um, neophytes that are also psychers. Oh yeah, so that, the, that does limit them pretty pretty heavily. Yeah, and then they have something like an eighty or ninety percent mortality rate. Yeah, because they have stuff like walk in the snow for three months, right? Well, yeah, uh, literally the first thing that happens once you get to um, Titan is they drop you off, and it's something like a, and this is after you've been on a black ship because they recruit directly from black ships, if I remember correctly. Um, they drop you off, and black ships are not pleasant to be on in the first place as a psyker. No, because well, so, those are the ships that um they 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 take the psychers to um Terra to get eaten by the Emperor, right? Either eaten or I forget what the phrase is. Whenever an astropath stands before the Emperor and becomes blinded, um, but everyone has to go through this process. Uh, not the whole blinding bit, but the whole like getting yoinked to Terra, so you don't necessarily know whether or not you're gonna be, um, whether or not you're part of the one thousand souls or what. But uh, it's the not fun. On, the conditions on black ships are extremely hazardous to psychers because basically they just the sisters of silence who who run the black ships. They kind of just let the psychers do whatever the fuck they want. Like so long as they're not actively summoning demons, it's kind of a killer be killed environment. Yeah, if you get ganged up on by three other psychers who are shiving you for a piece of bread. That kind of that's kind of what happens. Yeah, exactly. And so you've gone through all of this arduous hardship. You get to Titan, and they dump you on the surface of Titan. They're like, all right, cool. Go find the Citadel. It's in that general direction. And it's something like three days away. Have fun and, not dying. Yeah, and they're left with no supplies, nothing like that. So they get to the, the, the Fortress Monastery, and they're given a collar. The collar um, goes around their neck, and if they even so much as touch their psychic, their psychic potential, it detonates. Or, or it either detonates or it just completely locks them out of their psychic um, abilities. And then they're dropped back off in a different location three days away from the uh, Fortress Monastery. And they're like, okay, find your way back again. But this time <laughs> have, you can't use any psychic abilities. Have fun, fucker. Yeah. And that's, that is the start of the process to become a Grey Knight. And they are given like no support. Like, just super rudimentary supplies. I don't even think they're given food. I'm not entirely sure they're given water. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a little like you have nothing. Have fun not dying. That, that, that's yeah, the exactly. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds super. And that's not even talking about like the whole like how many people die when the gene seed itself is implanted and all the training that goes up through that. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And people who burn out. Yeah. Yeah. Because you well, know, it with is, the exorcist, it is, you just gotta be um, imbued with a demon, right? Yeah, with the exorcist, their whole process is just you, uh, have, to become, you have to become a demon host. Their their lore has changed a little bit recently since they came out with that whole like, oh yeah, the exorcists are actually Imperial Fist successors. Um, but the why the fuck lore, is everything weird in Imperial Fist successor chapter? I have no idea. When you have the most devoted, that's just what happens. Yeah. But like it's like fraternities. The hazing process is weird. <laughs> just got, just Rogaldor and all of his mutant children. Yep. So <laughs> the uh, the exorcists 
I know they changed it a little bit in the new lore, but it used to be that part of the final stage becoming an actual uh, battle brother was that uh, you were intentionally exposed to a demon. You you became a demon host, and then you had to throw the demon out yourself. Like you you had some help from. Uh, I think they uh, have some inquis- there's some inquisitorial or ecclesiarchy forces there to help you. Oh a no, bit, the inquisitors right? are all, are constantly overseeing the process. But okay. uh, what I mean is that they have ecclesiarchal priests there who will like pray over their bodies and whatnot while they're being possessed. So they it's, have a little bit of help. It's a little. But you help, have to do ninety percent of the work yourself, and so it's literally a mental fight between a demon and a and just like a basic ass space marine. And the whole point of going through that is if you if you expel a demon from your body of uh, your mind of your own volition you are then impervious to for the possession right yeah you are so mentally potent at that point that you become impervious to future possessions unless it's by like a straight up like like kabanda or like other named great if it's like ba- basically like, like the only thing cracking that dome are greater demons and of greater demons really powerful ones yeah 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 no so it makes like kairos might make you eat shit but like beyond that you're pretty much good yeah, so like 90% of what you're going to face on the battlefield, actually more like 99% of what you're going to face on the battlefield as a space marine, you're going to be impervious to. So in terms what of it, like mental fuckery. What is the point? I always forgot, do exorcists, spe- like do they specialize in demonic combat like the Grey Knights, or do they just do that like just in case? Uh, So they, if I remember correctly, and again, I don't know if they changed this with the new lore, but with the old lore, it was basically like the Inquisition looked at the Grey Knights, and they were like, that's cool, but we want a group that's a little more compliant to our whims, and we can control a little easier. Because psychers are inherently hard to control, and the Grey Knights are so old, and so, like, not set in their ways, but, like, they they know their worth, and they know what they're about. I thought the the Inquisition was like, uh huh? I thought the granites work specifically for the ordo mal like the ordo malleus like like the ordo malleus they tell the granites exactly so, what to do. The the funny thing is, is that uh actually uh fucking what is the what is what is the thing called um need two seconds to find it uh chaos gate demon hunters actually puts it the best so technically the gray knights. Only like one of their eight brotherhoods is like 100% devoted to like, yes, we're constantly working for the Inquisition all the time. And even then, they're more like, we're kind of doing our own thing and the Inquisition kind of points us in the right direction. Uh, All of the other Grey Knights are like, yeah, you can request our help. And like, we have to have a like half-assed reason to tell you to go fuck yourself. But we do. But like to a certain extent, they still do their own thing. Okay, so they're not complete. They're not like super collared. They still have they have they have a lot of their own freedoms to do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, if I remember correctly, one of the brotherhoods, one of the eight brotherhoods, which is uh, equivalent to a company in a standard chapter, um, one of them I think is usually pretty much at the beck and call of the Inquisition. Like they're kind of like, yeah, this this is the organization that like if the Inquisition needs shit done, this is who they contact about it. And those guys work a lot closer, but technically any brotherhood can be called up at any time by the Inquisition to be like, hey, we need help. But those brotherhoods are also a lot more independent. And so their um, their masters, the masters of the brotherhood, they can be like, look, we know you need help, but we've got this thing going on right now that we really need to take care of first. 
So like, unless Mortarion's fucking around, like we, we kind of do what we want. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Um, before we ask Phil what his favorite piece of lore is, I actually want to tack on something to what I said. Cause I had said mine was the months of shame, but I do have a separate favorite quote, like my absolute favorite quote in 40 K. And it's, um, it's Gilliman when he wakes up, when he first wakes up during the, um, uh, towards the end of the, um, 13th black crusade. And he has the whole, like, why do I still live? Yada, yada, yada. Horror should have fucking murdered all of us. Yeah. Whenever he sees the Imperium and see how fucking horrible it is compared to what, like, the Emperor wanted it to be. And he's like, holy shit, they did everything we didn't want them to. Ah. Yeah. And, like, the literal only fucking reason why he basically doesn't have a complete and total fucking meltdown is he looks at the other Ultramarines and he's like, shit is so hellaciously fucked. And like the Imperium is so ass backwards, but my children still fight regardless to keep the people safe. And if they can do it, so can I. Yeah, Uh, it's beautiful. Like. That's actually going to probably bring a tear to my eye because. Yeah, because that's that's one of the things about Gilliman is Gilliman is very much like I'll do what's um, I'll do what's right. I'm going to I'm going to see if I can find the quote real fast and and read it out because it's so good. My my favorite quote is the one that um, Vulcan told Ferris Manus, just like, yeah, the flesh is weak, but deeds endure. Like, I just constantly like kind of have that bat roll in the background of like deeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work kind of sucks at the moment, but guess what? It's going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it actually does help me keep on going. We'll say one of the funnier quotes I know is whenever um Jigati uh, Jigati Khan and um Fulgrim were like shitting on each other, and Fulgrim was like, "Oh yeah, I hear you do, like weird shit with your bikes and yada yada." And then Jigati was like, "I hear I hear you do weird shit with your children." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Fulgrim's like, "Hey, that's no that's not cool, man." And Jigati Khan's like, "Get fuck nerd." Not oh. incorrect though. Oh, okay. Here it is. Here it is. I found I found the quote. I found the quote. <clears throat> um, and, and once again, this is this is Gilliman like. It's not directly after he wakes up, Like he wakes up in the middle of like chaos being everywhere on a crag and he like gets chaos the fuck out of there and gets things settled. And this is when he finally has time to like reflect on things that are happening. Uh, the quote goes, uh, why do I still live? What more do you want from me? I gave everything I had to you to them. Look what they've made of our dream. This bloated, rotting carcass of an empire is driven not by reason and hope, but by fear hate and ignorance better that we had all burned in the fires of Horace's ambition than live to see this. Bruh. Bruh. To be fair, he's not That's rough. That's just, well, no, he's not because like, no, everyone thinks the emperor's a God, which is not what the emperor, I mean, like depending on your perspective, that's not what the emperor wanted. Um, all this like technological and societal advance that they're going for is now like just nothing but fear, hate and ignorance. Like he said, like, you know, um progress is scorned technology is hoarded and not given out or used um there's zealotry and ignorance and bigotry fucking everywhere and it's just a gigantic clusterfuck so like yeah it's just rough to wake up from taking like how long was gilliman in stasis like eight thousand years nine thousand years no no he he went in at the the ass end of the heresy no, it was after it, the no, heresy. No, 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 you're no, right. no, the heresy was over, but it wasn't. It was pretty quickly after the heresy. But Fulgrim, ended. yeah, Fulgrim was still active in the galaxy at this point. Yeah, so I think, I think I it think was he... within one thousand years of the heresy. So he's yeah. been asleep for basically nine thousand. Oh my years. god! Yeah, I think Talking he took, about he, he took his dirt nap. Okay. 
Can we talk about like the absolute tease that game GW did of just like here's a Fulgrim model, but it's it in Resident Evil so 30K. Gorgeous. Ha ha ha! But it's oh my it's, god! But it's Forge World. And it it's looks not, so good though. It looks, it looks so, so good. fucking but, good. But that's not what nobody wanted. That okay? A few people wanted well, that. Well, I mean, but people uh, want 40K well, Fulgrim. The Horus Heresy has been getting bigger and bigger, and they had the whole like Horus Ascendant. So yeah, you have Loyal Horus, and then you have Traitor Horus, and then you have Loyal Fort Fulgrim, and you have Traitor Fulgrim. So I think they're I think they're gonna start doing like all of the demonic versions of. I'm in the middle of recording an episode. Will y'all fuck off? It's <laughs> about to get fucking like mugged by Jess and fucking Jane. Mm, yes, fucking domestic point. violence. A little fucking listen, bitch. I have my knife too. <laughs> Sorry, not oh, professional. Fuck. I apologize. Um, they're they're about to mug me with the toy knives I was talking about. Oh, I heard James like click his knife, and I was like, oh, I just I was like, oh no, they're behind me. <laughs> I have look, my knife look. in my hand. I was like, I will stab you with this piece of plastic. Look, all I'm saying is, you do have the gat. That is a fair point, but I feel like pointing a gun at my girlfriend would be a little much. Nah. What what I did do is uh, she stabbed me while I was unarmed, and I sprayed her with the water, put the cat water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Gilliman went in, took his nap at like the end of M thirty one or the beginning of M thirty two. So yeah, he was basically out for nine thousand years. It's crazy to think that. Um, damn it! What's his name? The chapter master of the um, Blood Angels, Dante. Dante. Yeah, Dante has been. De depending on your definition of alive, Dante's been alive longer than Gilliman. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fucking he, crazy. He's experienced more time uh, conscious than Gilliman, than yeah, Gilliman, than Gilliman has, has. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, that that's just my favorite quote because like, for a long time, whether or not this opinion is right or wrong, just the whole like, Gilliman and the Ultramarines being like, oh yeah, we're the best, the best, the best, sir. And like that was it. And there wasn't much to them except for like, oh yeah, they're awesome. And like there is never really a reason why they were awesome except like plot armor. Yeah. And once yeah. again, that that is completely and totally based on opinion. That's how I see it. That's not how everyone can see it. Don't at me. I'm not talking shit to about writers or anything. That's just how I see it. But like Gilliman wakes up and it's just like, oh man, do you want character development? Fucking constantly. And it's basically just Gilliman, like, ah yes, I have depression. <laughs> Dude, that's why I'm so excited with Lionel Johnson back. I really want the lion and Gilliman to meet because I remember we talked about this like the first anniversary episode about me not being sure if I wanted the lion to be back because like he and Gilliman had a really not good relationship. But old yeah. man lion has such a better head on his shoulders than he did during the heresy. And I think if he went to Gilliman and Gilliman like like the, all their roles have kind of flipped because now Gilliman is like prone to fits of rage and shit because he's been through so much. And he's under so much stress and he also like Loki hates half the Imperium and like he's under so much stress that he's like like he's he's to a certain extent he's kind of emotionally compromised and then you just have like old man lion who's not like an absolute dipshit anymore and he's like we're gonna here to get shit done and fix this and i i think gilliman just needs a old man lion hug i think that's what he needs yeah that's probably he's like really he just needs some brotherly love of just like hey bud i'm here you're not alone and gilliman's gonna be like oh my god i'm so crying gilliman just just like <laughs> primark sized tears shooting out of his face at Mach 7. 
like that fucking scene from My Hero Academia where Deku like cries so hard he shoots himself into the fucking pavement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that that's my favorite quote. I I really I just I just really love it. I just it's just one of my favorites. But yeah. Um, back on what you were saying though, Mitchell, about the Fulgrim thing, the one thing that I am happy about the Fulgrim model is I think this is the first time we ever actually get to see what Demon Primarch Fulgrim looks like officially. Like we have art yeah. and whatnot, but this is GW saying this is what he looks like. And so yeah. now we know officially this is what he looks like. The I other thing that I'm really happy about them doing the resin models for, for 40 for 30k is once again, yeah, I want them in 40k point point fucking blank. But think about being able to finally see what Demon Primarch Portorabo and Lorgar look like. Oh my god, dude. That dude, yeah. I cannot wait for Demon yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, we might not get them in 40k, but we get to see what the, we get model representation. And the second there's model representation, even in 30k, the chances of us having that same representation in 40k does go go up in my opinion. Yep. Yeah. It does. Now, it my whenever I saw it initially, my thought process was that we were going to be getting so Horus Heresy is getting Demon Fulgrim in resin and then whenever they do eventually release emperor's children uh faction in 40k they're just going to take that model and put it in plastic yeah i'd be fine with that that's my thought behind it yeah is that they know horse heresy isn't as big a game as 40k so they're going to do resin which is a little easier to do for like one-off things and because it's a little easier to work with and then once they finally decide, okay, we're gonna we have the Emperor's Children faction down. We know how we're gonna run them. We have all the shit we need for them. Uh, we're now gonna like full send on it. Then they'll bring him the 40k and put him in plastic so that they can make him they can produce uh, the same quality but on much larger scale. Yeah. And I, I think once the model is received well and people like it, they'll just be like, yeah, put that shit in plastic. Like, once we know for a fact this is going to be a well-received model, just put it in plastic. Yeah. Also, um, uh, I also another, know we've... We, uh, sorry, can you? Uh, I was just going to say real quick, I found some interesting notes of the size of legions at the start of the Horus Heresy. <laughs> and, like, numbers-wise, it's actually kind of funny to look at because the ultramarines definitely had the most because the ultramarines had 250,000 um legionaries they were, they were the size of two the ultramarines were the size of two legions really they were the size of almost three legions yeah because the thousand sons the raven guard the salamanders uh the white scars the death guard the space they, wolves they, they were, were all, all sub under 000, or right? at a hundred thousand yeah and then, well, because there's, there's, there's that whole theory, there's that whole theory that the that the um, Ultramarines were the ones who got the two the the two um, legions that we don't talk about that yeah. they, they they got the remnants of those two legions. Yeah. So it's uh, there has been some lore that's come out recently that's more heavily alluded to that being what actually happened. Because some the, there have been some some word bearers that have made comments on it that are like, oh yeah, they all went to, um, they all went to the Ultramarines. Because uh, apparently Lorgar was particularly grief-stricken by the loss of the two brothers, the the other two Primarchs. Yes, Mitchell? Philip, don't go outside tomorrow. What? 
Baylor is losing to Texas State. Oh, I'm going to fucking drive into the middle of Baylor campus, take a fat shit on their uh, lawn. <laughs> like, like, I'm sitting here looking at it's like, really? <laughs> Texas State? You're losing to Texas State? <laughs> God damn, okay. You forget, I don't, I don't care for American football. And like, I could not give two shits about how college football goes. <laughs> Do you have a particular, um, well, I say that because Baylor? to be careful, more of like, he lives in Waco. He has the right to hate all um, teams in his own city. I mean, yeah. fair. But no, back, um, back to the Aggie conversation. No, this, this, I had with is, Phil. this is no Texas Tech, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, continuing on. Um, oh, shit, what I wanted to say, then this is actually a comment on what you said about Fulgram coming to Plastic in 40K. Is, um, was Eminent said the, uh, the, the, the rumor that they have um, Emperor's Children molds for plastic, potentially. Yeah, we'll, so like, we'll, yeah. See, we'll see whether or not that pans out. I really yeah. hope it does. Yeah. All I'm saying is, listen, if, if Phil gets emperor's children and if they do the whole clone groom which i hope they do loyalist Emperor, emperor's children and then they come out with breaching with, with, with um breaching shield marines for our, for um imperial fists and plastic we just get to watch philip shit a brick like shit an <laughs> absolute brick and spend so much money yeah so i was talking to him and phil correct me if i'm wrong he point blank said that yeah if they, if they come out with like breaching shield marines for imperial fists again 40k he's 100 dumping every single fucking 40k army he has or i think plastic army he has in general and be like yes i am rebuilding the my uh imperial fist um force yeah dude i i, I want to do black templars <laughs> just because it's something different is it did you just hate painting black no i i actually haven't painted very many and what few i have like I, i've actually enjoyed it but just I love the emperor or the it's not the emperor. Well, I like the emperor's children too. But my I just I love the imperial fists. I really do. Um, I love the fact that you can at least just choose one. And I'm have the problem over here that I can never choose one. Mitchell, yeah. we're, we're getting into this fight. Just just stop. Don't don't go any further. <laughs> this will turn to a screeching match real quick. There is a number. <laughs> <laughs> i know i know there's a number um but uh phil what what is your favorite uh piece of lore in 40k and once again if you want to give the cliff notes the cliff notes that's fine but honestly probably um alfarius like in general mm -hmm. like he was the first primary to be found well, it, technically, he never left. He got yoked to like a different section on Earth, and then this the uh, custodians were immediately like, "Oh no, that's ours. We're taking that." <laughs> it's like, "Oh yes, we're taking the baby." <laughs> but yeah, no. The so the fact that he never left, and there's so many, there's so much shit that he started that just nobody ever knew about. That was one of my favorite parts of the Alfarius book, uh, Primarch book, was that. So it turns out, first of all, he never left. Second of all, he was actually the person who started the blood games that the custodies still practice, where the custodies will actively try. They'll, they'll take a couple of guys off the line and they'll send them out 
to try and break into um, the throne room. They try to break into the Golden Throne and attack the Emperor. And he was the one who actually started that. And the funny thing is, is that he technically succeeded. And, like, Valdor uh, actually hated him for it. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, that's a <laughs> Technically, Alpharius actually succeeded in threatening the Emperor's life. That's how close he got. Like um, jokingly, or is it like no? Right now, the, the whole point of this training, the, this training is try and kill the emperor. So like, fuck it, I'm here to kill the emperor. Yeah. So that that was the thing is that in his mind, he was he was doing training, um, but Valdor didn't really know what he was up to. So and Valdor didn't know it was him. He was so good at what he did that he actually succeeded in killing a custodian, custodian, and where and donning his armor and infiltrating into the Imperial Citadel. And um, Valdor, like, quote, caught him and was like, ha ha, I have you now. And then uh, and he was like, how dare you kill one of my children and don their armor or one of my uh, men and don their armor, blah, blah, blah. And then Alpharius was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I still technically won. And he holds up this. Basically, it's like a dead man switch. And Valdor is like, the fuck does that mean? And he's like, this is a dead man switch hooked up to the Imperial uh, Citadel aerial defense system. And that's the Emperor's transport coming in for landing. And I've re and I've reprogrammed it to target that transport <laughs> if I release this switch. And at that point, at that point, Malkador comes over and goes, all right, kid, you've made your point. Now fucking quit it. <laughs> like, just start, like psychically screams at both of them. Quit your fucking shit. Malkador uh, shows up with the psychic spray bollocks. <laughs> quit it <laughs> yeah and another one of my favorite things is that um as soon as alpharius becomes old enough to really start like interacting with the people around him in a um more more of a like a learning role um malkador would play chess with him just constantly he, that that was their thing is they played chess together keep in mind malkador is one of the most potent psychers to ever exist yeah, he would he would read Alpharius's mind while they're Alpharius playing. Alpharius would beat him half the time. Yeah, because he could like somehow he could basically mentally throw off Malkador's mind. Yeah, he out of like pure became... force of will. No, no. So what it was is he figured out basically how to trick Malkador. Uh, uh, do you remember um, the Way of the Wind? That book. Oh fuck! Uh, vaguely. Uh, you remember? You remember how in the book, uh, part of like the main character, his whole tr part of his whole training was that someone was teaching him how to have multiple trains of thought at the same time. Yes. Confu specifically to confuse people who, who could read minds. Yeah, Alpharius <clears throat> was doing the exact same thing. Alpharius was literally having multiple trains of thought at the same time, and then he would bury his um, actual train of thought under the, under the like, ones he'd put up at, like, a higher level to, like, psych out Malkador. And then, and then of course, he'd, like... Occasionally, like the one of his like higher thought processes, so to speak, uh, would be like the actual one that he was doing, and like it would throw off Malkador. And so he actually he Alpharius himself has very little psychic potential. He has a little bit, um, to kind of like make make it harder for people to notice him a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, that's what he would do is basically through sheer force of will, he would trick Malkador's ability to read read his mind. And so he could actually, he was one of the few people who could act, offer Malkador a challenge at chess. Ooh. I find it funny that, Mal uh, that, that it, it, it's a 50-50 it's a split, implying that Malkador is in fact just really good at chess. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, that's the other thing is that, you know, Malkador's fucking old as shit. He, at the time of the heresy, Malkador is supposed to be like three, four, six, five, six thousand years old. Yeah, I think it's six thousand. Yeah. Motherfucker's old. Yeah. He's one of he's one of the um, if I remember correctly, he's supposed to be one of the last remaining bloodlines of um, natural born psychers from the uh, from the time of the Dark Age Shaman, technology and shit or no, 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 no. Like the psychers that appeared during the Dark oh, Age of technology oh, and people yeah. were like, oh, this could potentially become useful. Kind of like the um, the uh, navigators. Yeah, 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 yeah. Navigator families. Now, don't quote me on that one, but I think that's right, is that he was, uh, he came early enough uh, leading into the long night that he actually was able to learn in more of a, like a safe setting, safe environment. Ironically enough, that also means if he was actually 6,000 years old, he was probably around for the war against the Men of Iron. Damn, well, how old are the Sigilites in general? Well, I know that Malcolm no, 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 was uh, the last Sigilite. Well, no, yeah. the Sigilites, the Sigilites were an organization that their whole goal was to preserve, like, the knowledge of Terra and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, Malkador were... was the last Sigilite, which is why he took the name Malkador the Sigilite, because he was the last of that order. And I think I, I don't know if I told you this on podcast or not, but I know I've told you this, but Malkador actually had, like, the picture of the Mona Lisa in his chambers, and it was, like, yeah. one of his most prized possessions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I could just see, like, you go in Malkador's chambers, see, like, the fucking picture of the Mona Lisa, and he just sitting there with an old record player listening, listening to the Beatles. He's like, don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that honestly wouldn't surprise me and then of course in the corner is his uh ch chained in the corner is his uh gimp eldari <laughs> what what you didn't know that no yeah no malkador had a uh an eldari that uh it was chained as a slave that he kept in his quarters and he basically used it as his punching bag and he'd do all kinds of really fucked up experiments on it because like it's a xeno who gives a shit where the fuck and then it would the... die, and so he'd just clone a new one and resurrect it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Malkador was not a good guy, but also, like, it's kind of implied that he had some really weird pseudo-relationship with this thing. I, I forget the whole story. But, like, what... yeah, Malkador would just, like, beat the shit out of this thing, but also, like, it was one of his closest confidants. And it was, it was fucking weird. Listen, all I'm saying is, after 6,000 years, you probably have some pretty weird kinks. Yeah. That's how the Takari cape came about. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's be honest. It's yeah. bound to happen. Mm. Yeah. And, and just so we're all kosher here, like, or, or not kosher, just so we're all clear here, like, Warhammer has always been about the grim darkness of the far future. And, like, yeah. Yeah. 30k was a brighter spot in that grim dark, but like it was, it was still pretty fucked. It wasn't great. It wasn't yeah. horrible, but it certainly wasn't great. All right. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite lore bits. Um, that and uh, the first meeting between Karn and uh, Angra. Oh, that's yeah, a good one. That's a really yeah. good one. What, um, yeah, that was that was probably one of my favorites as well. Um, what Dude, fucking Karn. Karn, Karn and Angron, man. Those poor motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, no, really. That, yeah. Like, straight up. 
Yes. So they were, um, because Karn at the time, he ends up becoming like uh, Angron's closest companion, so to speak. But at the time, he was only like a sixth captain. Like he wasn't super high ranking inside of the world leaders because the word the world leaders were super like, oh yeah, top guy is top guy, and like if you're six from the top, that you're still not at the top. So like get fucked. <laughs> um, but every or actually no, maybe he wasn't the sixth captain. He might have been lower. Point being, anyway, he was there more to be seen and not heard. Yeah. Um. And so all the other people had gone in to meet Angron and, like, try to introduce themselves, starting with, like, you know, the, the leader of the Legion. And Angron just fucking slaughtered all of them. Well, yeah, all of his friends just died. His dad was a massive dick about it. Yeah. So finally, uh, Karn goes in, and Karn, like, is smart enough that he doesn't bring any hubris with him. And I forget. It's been a while since I've read the short story. Because um, it's it's a short story. But, like... Karn actually manages to get through just enough to um, his his gene sire that he starts talking to Angron about all of the other Primarchs that have been discovered so far. And he starts talking about what everything the Emperor is trying to achieve. And then he realizes very quickly, don't talk about the Emperor because Angron fucking hates him. And so he tells Angron about his brothers um the other primarchs and tells him about you know who they are and what they're capable of and you actually get to see angron as not just this rabid animal because uh while he's still under the influence of the butcher's nails he's still very much a tactical he, he's still a primarch he's still so intelligent he's, i remember he's talking to him about one of the actions that portarabo had done at this point and he talks about how he's lying there because at this point, Karn has been like chunked against the wall so hard that his spine is shattered inside of his power armor. And so um, he's sitting there crippled and he basically can't move. And he's just talking to Angron and Angron, he actually sees Angron kind of lay out the battlefield in front of him in his mind's eye. And he can see Angron working through all the tactics. And like literally this is a, a battle that happened a while ago. Yellow. Oh, I thought he disconnected too. Don't worry. Yeah, I thought he I was like, wait, <laughs> what? In his mind. And it's 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 one of those things where it's like, oh man, I'm so glad they went back and they added more lore to the chaos products. Yeah. A hundred percent. No, they just need to do better lore with Logar. No, fuck like, that guy. <laughs> no, no, no. Fuck that dude. God. H hold up now. Mitchell hold can't up. win. <laughs> Logar has the potential to be a really good... Logar like, is a bitch boy and you can't change my mind. Listen, I will say, <laughs> as much as I don't like Erebus... As long as I don't like Logar, fuck Erebus. Me and the homies all hate Erebus. Facts. Dude, yeah, fuck Erebus. Mm. Sorry, I'm eating right now. You're all good. Ah, God, there's just... So many moments. There's so much stuff in 40k that I just... Thoroughly enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. About okay. here's one. Here's one. Hold on. Here's here's one. Here's one. What is your least favorite faction and why? Faction. 
like and, as it, in totality yeah as in totality and it could be lore reasons or mechanic like or gameplay reasons or aesthetic reasons or whatever just what is your least favorite faction and why and that's a hard one uh i get you thinking if, if you want i'll go first Wait, so yeah go ahead and go first factions right. i think my my least favorite is well you go first <laughs> god damn it <laughs> all right my least favorite faction is probably the tau and it is purely aesthetics i don't mind their lore i don't mind how they play on tabletop I just don't like how they look. And it's not that they look bad. My thing is like just the whole like Gundam-esque look of them. I just, eh, 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 doesn't do anything for me. Like I can look at like the Sisters of Battle and like be like, damn, they look awesome. Or I can look at the Tech Priests, uh, uh, the Devs Mechanics and be like, god damn, they look awesome as shit. Or I can look at like Drukari and be like, man, that's pretty fucking cool. I look at uh, that Tau but, uh, and, and I'm just like, Eh. And I think it's just because, at least from my perspective, it's just I've just seen it too many times in anime and whatnot. I've I've just seen it too much for it to elicit any type of like response from me, you know. But like I said, like like their lore and their game and like how they play on tabletop, that's all fine. I have no and I don't and I don't like have an issue with Tau. Like if you play Tau, awesome, more power to you. They're really fun to play. To play, I'm sure. I just. I, I just can't get jiggy with a, uh, a faction that I just don't really care how they, I don't like how they look. Like for as much as I've seen Space Marines, Space Marines will always look fucking awesome to me. Like, they'll always be fucking immaculate in my in my mind. And I think that's a big part to playing a faction. Yeah. So that's mine. Okay, Philip, so, you go ahead because I got okay. mine. So probably my least favorite faction. Honestly, probably Leagues of Votan. You know, I was literally going to say the same thing. Oh? Yeah. Okay, I so... just do not like them. Well, you might have different reasoning. So, Phil, what's your reasoning? So, a big issue that I have with them is that every other faction, to a certain extent, has... Sorry, give me one second. I think it's been a second. Yeah. Mitchell, what Sorry, do we I do? thought I was going to sneeze. I thought I was going to sneeze. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, but every other faction has like mad drip. No. Because Leagues of Otan do not have mad drip. Yeah. Well, I mean, how they look is kind of meh to me. They're kind of mid tier on appearance to me. But it's more just. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to explain why I don't like them, but I just I don't. And probably the best reason I can explain why is their their lore just feels too new. And what I mean by that feels shoved down your throat like we wanted to create a new army. So here you go. And it's from an old army because I I would be my, my biggest problem with Leagues of Otan is. They're supposed to be squats. 
Yeah, Squ squats were pretty like they had a humor to their models. They were like there was something cool about them. The leaves of Votan, it's the way that they brought him back. They s did it in a, such a specific way so people couldn't steal the intellectual property. Um, which kind of hinders the leagues of Otan to me because there is there's no appeal to them for me. It's Wait, just, hold on. W w was the intellectual property of squats even stealable? Like I've I've never heard of dwarfs being squats before. I think that's pretty, like that's pretty forty k. Could that even be stolen? Good question. But. They had the squads had a certain aesthetic, and this is not their aesthetic. This feels just dwarves in space marine armor. So I'm actually going to take that take that one step further. So for me, yeah, the old lore on squats, they did have lore, and they were like, oh yeah, this is a race of ab humans. It's similar to like the ogrens or the ratlings, you know. And they have this lore behind them, and they have this story. And they work with humanity, or they work with the Imperium at large, but ultimately they are just like they're a sub-race um, that came from a galactic realm, or uh, they, they came from a series of worlds that had much higher gravity, so that's why they were short. And like Mitchell said, they had an aesthetic to them. My issue is that the Leagues of Otan right now, they're kind of almost shooting themselves in the foot. Because the whole thing with the Leagues of Otan is that they're supposed to still have access to STCs. But not only do they have access to STCs, their engineers are making them better. Yeah, so they should they should have a warm like 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 their air quotes war machine should be basically fucking unstoppable. Yeah, and not only that, uh I'm actually are these guys technically considered part of the Imperium? No, they're Xenos. Okay, so yeah, that's... Wait, really? Yep, they're under the Xenos armies. That's that's that's, that's that's weird. I don't think I like that. Yeah, I don't really like that very much either. Because a big part of the squats is that they're humans. Like, they're just straight-up humans. That's what they are. They're humans who have just spent so long living on these worlds that they are now short. Like, that, it's been kind of written into their genetics. Their genetic makeup has been optimized... So that they can perform better at high on high, high gravity. gravity worlds. Yeah. <clears throat> and now, like, yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, these guys were, um, they, they did have some interaction with the outside world, but oh, like now, out of nowhere, actually, there's this entire race of, or race of people who are suddenly, you know, this is them, and like, they have SDCs, and blah, 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 blah. And, I don't know. It just it feels a bit. They could have done better. It yeah. The other yeah. the other big issue I have with them is that they're just they're just fucking carrot on overlords. <laughs> they really are. They're really just are. they're just carrot on overlords. Given they do another, look very like, similar. Given another like ten thousand years to experiment and learn and grow. Yeah, like that. That's that's really what they are. So they seem kind of unoriginal. So Caradon Overlord yeah. is a very unique and original idea. In fantasy, of Otan, they took that idea and just fast forwarded it ten thousand years. 
Yeah. My, my issue and with them having... I, and that's what I don't really like about them. My, my, my issue with the, with the Leagues of Otan having access to STCs is... um Well, there's two reasons. One, if they're being characterized as... Yeah, the Leagues of Otan are considered Xenos. Yeah, so I really if, don't like if, that. Then. If they're considered Xenos, how the fuck could they even... like? I thought STCs were pretty much like made for humans like would a xeno race yeah, no, the, it's, it's even a problem with the be... well the yeah. thing is is like they're not they're not a part of the imperium so where, where are you gonna put them? okay so they're xenos but they're actually not they're just humans that aren't a part of the imperium because they're small and instead of designating them as like non-imperial humans they're just like fuck it they're aliens yeah yeah okay so that, okay so problem one that's dumb problem two if they have fucking stcs how in the absolute fuck has the Mechanicus not absolutely lost their collective shit? Oh, no, it gets even better than that, though, because uh, um, according to their lore, they actually, uh, like, the, the big machines that help run and guide their civilization, those are AIs. Those are potentially the AIs that control the original STCs. Yeah, I like that. And yep. they have a race known uh an, a race of sapient robots known as the Ironkin. And like potentially those are just men of iron. Hmm. I don't I don't, I don't I don't know. I don't know about that one, Chief. Yeah. Now granted, some of their lore is very much like Oh yeah, no, these are um uh these are like different. These are more like uh men of gold instead of men of iron. Because the I, if I remember correctly, the men of gold were AIs that sided with uh the living Humani creatures of the hu galaxy. Hu humanity, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um well one thing to remember is that the, the men of iron when they rebelled against humanity, it became the galaxy's problem. Like everybody yeah, the, had to deal with the, that. Shit. The LR had to step in because shit got really whack. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just. The leagues. OK, let me put it this way. In any other sci fi setting, the leagues of Votan would be cool as shit. In 40K, it doesn't make very much sense, especially considering the Imperium is so tolerant of them. Like, I get it. They have a bunch of trade for with rare materials to offer to the Imperium and like, blah, 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 blah. But like, just realistically the imperium should be like losing their collective shit over the leaves of Otan and they should be trying to kill them just like they do any other xeno race yeah like if you're going to call them xenos then like okay cool they're xenos in which case you know the imperium needs to have a bone to pick with them but um yeah so like here's here's a little blurb about them um uh, the Leagues of Otan are a prominent squat civilization based around the Galactic Core. Okay, let's open up squat. Squats are short, stocky, tough, and long-lived abhumans. So they're straight-up abhumans. But, like, then they're classified as Xenos. And I, I don't know. I, I get why they didn't say, like, oh, yeah, these are, you know, Imperium units, but also, like... It doesn't make any sense for them to be yeah. Xenos because they're abhumans. Like, yeah. just point, just point blank. Um, yeah, that doesn't. And then also they refer to they refer to their origins as the age of myth. 
and like come on mate really 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 (laughs) according to the first truths of the leagues of otan the kin's origins lie in the age of myth oh that's that's so so what you're telling me hang on origin overlords won yeah, that's what it is. The, yeah. the, the, they win the Age of Sigmar. That's what happens. They somehow <laughs> manage to tell the Chaos Gods to fuck right off in the mortal realms, and then they go and they shiv Sigmar in the throat, <laughs> and and then they go and they tie up Grungi in a gimp suit and throw him in their fucking basement. Yeah, so <laughs> and to that, give you an that's idea. what happens. So to give you an idea, uh, these guys, they initially started out as merchants that left on generational ships. Uh, <laughs> with uh artificial intelligences that eventually became the Votan ancestor cores. So yeah, literally they left from a pre uh Imperial Terra. So this is back during um the Dark Age the, of te- um yeah the Dark Age of Technology. Or it might have been towards Old Night because it is generational ships. But it probably wasn't during Old Night. Or it would have been right at the start. But like Again, I just I read so much of their lore, and I'm just like, oh, cool, these are fucking Caradon overlords, and like they have all this massive amount of technology and this massive economic, uh, and they're like this, uh, very economically powerful group, and it's it's the same issue I have. The uh, the issue I have with them is the same issue I have with uh, I forget the. Uh, the war zone, but it's the one where Gazkul is throwing down with the Nids, and we're just seeing this massive arms race. Um, it, it's the plan. So Kripman nukes all those planets. That, that's not Octa- that's not Octarius, is it? It might be. I don't remember. But like it was. So the Inquisition um, basically censures Kripman because Kripman blows up all those planets, and yeah, then this and- new guy comes in to deal with the threat, and he's like, "Well, let's just throw the orcs at it," and then they ended up getting start getting the orcs and tyranids into this massive arms race and they're like oh we might have fucked up on yeah oh well yeah because the, the the neds and the orcs fought for like oh i don't fucking know like a, like a, like hundreds and hundreds of years and all they managed yeah, they're to do still fighting oh yeah but i mean but all the, the neds showed up in, in, in m41 didn't they yeah so yeah so they have been fighting for thousands of years or, or or maybe like a thousand years max but point being all they've managed to do is make super nids and super orcs yeah yeah, yeah no, basically we, we 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 have tyranid prime we, we have tyranid primes and orc primes that's what they've managed to do yep and then the, like the leagues of Votan show up and like to a certain extent okay cool yeah like they're we need to start seeing factions start like elevating themselves to a certain extent to be able to fight the orcs and the nids otherwise those two are going to wipe out everybody else but also like just shitting out the league's votan where it's like oh yeah we basically just took our caradon overlords and made them 40k and then like also they have access to all this juicy tech stuff it's like so so basically i think a good way to put it is instead of writing good and in good juicy lore that would elevate the story and 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 come to a conclusion that would benefit 40k as a whole they just kind of deus ex machina mecha mecha dwarves essentially yeah yeah Yeah. that's that's really what i don't like about it is that the it like the lore i won't say that the lord is poorly written but just in the context of it's just juxtaposed yeah it doesn't it just doesn't yeah there's some kind of 
yeah, it doesn't quite mesh right. Kind of yeah. like, like a cop out. Instead of trying to push to push yourself to write lore to make sense of this new problem and how they're going to fix it or how the problem is going to end up being a bigger problem, they you're just like, here's this cop out, robot dwarves. Yeah. And they just magically kill everything or they magically solve the problem. Yeah. And and they're Xenos, but they're not Xenos, but they're Xenos and we love them, but we don't actually love them because they're Xenos, but they're not really Xenos. Oh, and yeah. by the way, SCCs. God. Yeah. And so it's just it's it's kind of a combination of everything, because the whole the whole thing that makes STC AIs so valuable was the fact that they could fix basically any problem that they were given. Well, yeah, if, uh, if, with the if exception the of demons, I think. If if the fucking Imperium got their hands on a working STC again, they could start, you know, like building Imperator Titans again. Yeah. And and those or fucking could, or and those super Titans, they could even start they could even start building something that makes the Imperator looks like a fucking firecracker. Well, well, no, we've already we've already seen that. I forget what the Titans name was, but um, it had to be fucking destroyed by like a group of Grey Knights and some other people because it I forget if it had gone rogue or if it had been possessed by chaos. About but the Abominatus. No, not the Abominatus, because that, that's an Imperator Titan that got that got fused with a greater demon of corn. No, yeah. it, it was it was a Titan that was just bigger and stronger than the Imperator. And I think it was not so boxy. It was actually more human like in form. And it, I, I can't remember the name of the fucking life of me. And But it was either A, the AI had gone rogue or B, the AI had been possessed by chaos when they found it and they had to blow it the fuck up. But it was 100% oh, a Titan no, that was bigger do, and better and I stronger. Do remember, no, I do remember what you're talking about. Um, it wasn't an Imperator. That's what made it so unique is it was more the size of a warlord, but it could go toe to toe with an Imperator. That's what made this thing so unique. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, was it was a, a new it was like a new class of Titan. technology. Yeah, yeah. Like that, like that, or not from the Dark Age, but it had been built by an STC. Yeah, because po po point being, like re realistically, if you think about it, if the if the Imperium, especially with Gilliman at the helm and the Lion leading leading the leading the troops around, if the Imperium got their hands on an STC, they'd win. Except for maybe Chaos, they'd win. Or the Nids, just because the Nids. We we don't truly know the full size of the nids. Well, no, well, not 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 I me, mean, not exactly, because there's that one time where they managed to kill all the nids by that one fucking weird like super virus that well, no, some. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the ones outside the galaxy that are still coming. Oh, in. okay, yeah, that's what well, I mean by that. And yeah. then like the other potential would be the orcs, because once because the orcs respond to technology, so the orcs have a way to survive that. The nids have a way to survive that. The Eldar. Uh, with the Yanari, oh, that's my other thing. The Yanari need more help. Like, they just need more help, straight up. They need more lore. They need to be doing more shit. Because right now, they're kind of like, like, frankly, the Yanari started, came around, brought Bill Gilliman back, and then kind of just fucking disappeared. So the Laughing God needs to be doing something more. Um, the Yanari in general needs to be doing something more. The, the one thing about the Yanari that, while I'm not happy about them not having a lot of lore, I understand why, because the whole point of creating and waking up Yanid and making the Yanari is so that it can kill Slanesh. And that is like, whether they succeed or fail, that type of lore progression would be fucking insane. Yeah. So I, I understand and them what, being really so, slow about it. I'm not happy about it. Cause I do like the, Yanari. the Yanari is the only form of Eldar that I actually really, truly enjoy. Once yeah. again, that's nothing against the Eldar. I just don't really vibe with them, but I love the Yanari. But yeah, the Yanari like the, and their the, goal um, is so the, large that to actually see that to conclusion would 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 change the the landscape of 40k so drastically that like they yeah. 
I doubt we're going to see anything prominent in their direction for a while. The the one thing that I would like to see from them is because part part of their whole goal was Plastic to knives. start preserving the souls of their dead and like because one thing that um the Eldari could do is if they knew that their souls weren't in quite so much jeopardy to Slanesh, one thing they could potentially do is they could use Yanid to like shield their souls, and then potentially we could start seeing the Eldar do more and more stuff with soul stones and going and taking a more offensive footing. So that would be something really interesting that we could potentially see from them. And that's why I just, I wish they would do a little more um, with Yanid because then we could see the Eldari start to kind of elevate themselves as well. And that would be how they would get there. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, the Tau, the Tau, I like the Tau. Um, but frankly, unless they're going to have to do something really funny with the lore in order for, to make the Tau capable of surviving into this like new kind of phase that they're building up to of escalation inside of the 40k universe. Now, one like thing it could... shit's just getting more and more intense and the Tau have more or less stayed the same. Yeah, now, granted, the, ta the Tau have shown an ability to adapt because they basically, in 2,000 years, they went from banging rocks together to space fleets. And railguns uh, and shit. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So definitely, the Tau are very much adaptable. Uh, one thing that they could potentially do is they could actually bring one of the two um, fallen Primarchs out. Oh, man, I don't think we'll ever see that. I mean, that'd be cool so, as so shit. Here's, so here, here's what I'm thinking is that uh, the, um, one of the two fallen Primarchs is that basically the... So we, we've theorized about this before, is that potentially a potential reason for one of the two fallen Primarchs to have left was that they actually sided with Xenos. They were like, no, we don't need to kill every Xenos race in the galaxy to assert our dominance. We can coexist. And the Emperor was like, yeah, I'm not jiggy with that. Yeah, so uh, potentially what we could see is that like, oh yeah... One of the Primarchs, like, basically got yo into the warp, and everybody just assumes that they're dead, or they went, like, got yo into deep space, and they're just drifting in deep space. And we could potentially see one of the Tau pick, uh, the Tau pick this Primarch up, or maybe, the, or maybe the Primarch's been there all along, and that's why they've been able to accelerate so hard in technology. It's the spirit of Ferris Manus. Oh, <laughs> the, flesh, the flesh is weak. <laughs> but uh, potentially that's something that we could see, and that would allow the Tau to survive into this new age of escalation. Not to mention that would just be cool lore, because so, then we could finally so, get some lore onto one of the fallen Primarchs. Um, I thought about Primarch. this when I was like just taking a piss. Um. Do you feel as though there's just too many world or universe ending events like being built up in 40k? Like, I look at it, at it from what, what's been kind of like done in the past, and it's like this sector or like this planet system is going to be destroyed and whatnot. Yeah, I have a lot of these like universe and stuff and about, about like Yanid, Tyranids. Gaskell being a quirk. King coming back. All, all, all that. Yeah. It's kind of like red shirting this idea of universe ending events. Yeah. 
it yeah, almost to- it, it it almost feels like and and like I, I know this will never happen because GW is never going to end the-, the cash cow that is 40k. But it almost feels like they're they're building up to this like apocalyptic like sequel uh, ending like 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 this big apocalyptic ending where like everything is concluded or yeah. or a very Warhammer, drastic 50, change <laughs> right warhammer 100k um, um but like, 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 got it, much it, money it, to get into the game <laughs> it, it, like it, it almost it almost it almost feels like the best example that i can come up with in my head is like the great retconning of the necrons but instead of just being like, oh, yes, we're going to retcon all this shit as we're basically going to build up to this apocalypse of the entire universe. And that's going to allow us to start, start writing a whole new lore and a whole new beginnings to all these things. Which so instead of having instead of having it's kind of like maybe like a mini end times where it's like not everyone, not everyone dies, but so much horrible shit happens that it's basically a clean slate. That's kind of what it feels like they're building up to It's either like the end or some big cataclysmic event that allows them to just basically hit the restart button yeah yeah um, and i know it's never gonna happen like like the, that's 100 percent conspiracy theory talk but that's kind of what it feels like man you're not wrong yeah when everything is a world universe ending event nothing is a universe nothing is event. yeah when everyone's yeah. super no one is yeah um all right he- here's a question because I-, I think we've because y- y'all both said that, uh, that the um, Leagues of Otan, I almost said Caradon fucking overlords. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, said, y'all said the Leagues of Otan, y'all's favorite. I said Tao. How about this? And, and this is more of a tabletop question, so have that geared in your head. Is there a faction that you think needs to play different to better represent the lore? And if so, how would you change it? Gene Stiller Colts. And, and the change could be rules. It could be adding in certain models that makes the line make more sense in any capacity. Yeah, mine would be Gene Stiller Colts, and really, it just needs to be more of a horde army. Um, so less, less specialized, like, less like vehicles and shit. More honestly, just like, oh look, they're everywhere. Yeah, the units need to be absolute trash. Yeah, but they yeah, need the, to have forty the, man the units. units. Need to be absolute <laughs> trash. But you just get a whole lot of them, because in my mind, kind of like uh, the conscripts like, from the uh, the Imperial Guard. Yeah, in my mind, Gene Stiller Colts need to be like the infected from StarCraft. Like oh, we've heard this really before. weak, but <laughs> by God, there's a lot of them. <laughs> Which is a lot yeah. like the Imperial Guard. They're supposed to be pretty damn weak comparatively. Um, unless oh, okay, unless there's just you're a using lot of those though, yeah, because like Lehman Russ is slap, Bane Blades yeah. hella slap. Um, also, Gene Stealer Colts need to have a lot of access. Like Eighth Edition Gene Stealer Colts had it good where they could use a lot of the Imperial Guard stuff because that just makes sense. But wouldn't that kind of detract now they from don't them being have that ability? Army? Well, hold on. Wouldn't them using a bunch of Imperial Guard stuff detract from them being more of a horde? Not, because like you could have a horde, but if you could also have a Bane Blade, why have a horde when you can have a Bane Blade? Well, you you need that option though. You need the option being a horde army because having the model count like what was in Ninth Edition from like six points for a Neophyte Hybrid and still like a five point for um a Conscript, like. Yeah, at one point difference, but when you're having a hundred on the board, that makes a big difference. Yeah. 
So it, it's not so much that they need to be exclusively a horde option, but they need to have. Let me rephrase. It's not that they need to be exclusively a, a horde army, but they need to have a better option to be horde if that's what they want to do. Their yes. horde needs to be better if they want to go that route, and they need to have the option to either be a horde army or be a little more imperial guard esque and have more vehicles. Yes. Yeah. Also, I think it'd be an amazing, um, amazing concept. And this is just more like a spur of the moment in my mind, and you can belittle it, belittle me for it. But I think it'd be really cool about like every single time a um person activates a unit on like it, it like your opponent activates a unit in such and such phase roll 2d6 if it's 11 or higher um they don't get to control that and it kind of turns on them or something i think that'd be neat and the issue is that only works when you're fighting against like imperial guard yeah again well no not not a moment thought i mean not in yeah. college they, they, they do say that gene stealers do go to other planets so it could potentially work with any and there's like, gene chaos and yeah like i don't think they could do that with like space marines or csms or custodians or some of the more elite um units but any any army that has a little more let's a little more horde likes you know orcs guard uh depending i think i don't know they'd be, they'd be like super hordy horde e but like eldar like because eldar can be gene stealer can't they uh i Probably. don't i don't know to be honest but yeah anyway point is gene steals need work um my big thing has always been and really the restriction the issue with the uh with the game comes down to the the d6 style restriction because um space marines should be worth a lot more than guard like they really should be more elite heavy than they already are. Just in my personal opinion. Um, You're. Oh, this, this is my end, kind of being bad. Yeah, uh, but Space Marines. I think they should be a little more elite heavy. Custodies should absolutely be a lot more elite heavy. Like you should never have more than like ten custodies on board ever. Yeah, exactly. Like one custodian should, or one custodian squad should be equal, or not squad, but like one custodian should be equal to a vehicle. Not necessarily if, an expensive one, but like that's kind of how they should play. If you were to drop down Trajan Valoris, that one fucking leader unit should be able to basically kill almost 800 points worth of models. Yeah. If you were just fighting. Yeah, not to mention he himself should be like four or 500 points. Yeah, By I can way, see my it, internet's starting to yeah. go starting to go trash. So just let yeah. that be known. Man, we'll this keep bit, an eye out for you. This bonus episode has been like God has decreed this bonus episode shall not happen. Yeah, really. Um but yeah, uh, realistically that restriction comes down to the D6 system. Uh because it's hard, it's 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 the same issue as in War Thunder of just compression. Yeah, Mitchell, I know you'll get that reference. <laughs> Man, you explained oh, yeah. this to me before, but I, I can't for the life of me remember what, what that means exactly. So in War Thunder, uh, let's say you take out, you know, a Mustang, classic World War II aircraft. Uh, who you fight is determined by a basically ar arbitrary number 
uh, that's assigned to the aircraft. And that's like, okay, cool. On these conditions, it has this value, so it should only be fighting other vehicles with this value. So like, for instance, if you're taking out a Mustang, and let's just say that it's it's a battle rating it's re- is what it's referred to as. Let's say this thing's battle rating is at like a seven. Okay, cool. Then it should only be fighting aircraft that are within like one degree of error for the Mustang. So it should only be fighting either, you know, stuff with a battle rating of eight or stuff at max or stuff with a battle rating of six at the lowest. Because that's like kind of the area in which it should be working, right? So that makes sense. The issue is that in War Thunder, they have this attachment. So they created a battle rating system and they're like, cool, this is how we want it. This is how it works. The issue is that once you get into more of the top, top end, higher end, you know, fighter jets, you know, F-15, F-16 fighter aircraft, um, really they have no idea how to balance it. And so they're just like, okay, well, we think it's going to be about here. And so for the longest time, you know, battle rating 10 was the longest, was the highest rating you could go. But then you'd have like early era jets. So where their, their primary weapon is still their guns fighting against, you know, more mid-stage jet aircraft where their primary weapons are uh, over the horizon missiles or uh, uh, not over the horizon, beyond visual range missiles. So you'd have this guy who's like, okay, cool. Here's my jet. Yeah, it's a jet, but it's just got guns. And oh, look at that. I'm dead within the first two minutes of the battle because some other dude took off in an aircraft in an F-4 Phantom that's equipped with Sparrow missiles that have a effective range of 10 miles and, and just shot fucking... me out of the sky as I was still trying to take off. Just blew my ass out of the fucking sky before they could see me. Yeah. And so that's so, what so I mean it's, by it's a balancing thing. Like shit's going up against shit that, that has no right to go up against. Yeah. And being and able to balance of, it properly. Like for yeah, instance, and part of the it, issue with that in War Thunder was that literally just Gaijin's the name of the organization that or is the name of the company that makes the game. Gaijin doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to decompress because they figured out like, okay, for like battle rating one all the way up to battle rating like seven, this works. So why would we change our entire system for hundreds of vehicles and aircraft when the majority of the system works? Yeah. Whereas at the top tier, we can just kind of fuck around with a little bit and then like figure out kind of where it sits. And then like, if we need to, we can decompress, but like, we'd rather just keep it at where it is. So, and that's kind of the same issue that carries over into 40 K because in 40 K you use a D six system. So everything has to be basically you're going to break everything down into um, a D6. Like it, it, yeah, basically that's, it, that's it, not it, quite what I'm trying to say, but yeah, that kind of gets it, where I'm it going. Tur- it, it turns into realistically, everything has a chance to kill everything. And that's not realistic to the lore. Like, like if one space Marine rolled up on 20 guardsmen, there is not a fucking chance in hell that those 20 guardsmen can kill that one space Marine. Yeah. But on tabletop, well, there, there is a chance. It's just not a very good one. But it's, now you it's give a lot that smaller than 20. It's a lot smaller than w- w- what's the percentile on a decent one and six, like one and six. Yeah, it's a lot smaller, a lot smaller than one and six. Yeah. And so basically you have it comes down to like you have shit getting killed by shit so much easier than it should. Like, like, let, let's just say you have a squad of custodians versus a squad of once again, guardsmen and 
the guardsmen go through the shooting phase and they manage to only kill one custodies and like yeah it's only one custodies but lore wise that is not like that's not that, yeah, there's no, that's no not that there, there's no fucking way that ever that would ever work ever yeah no but to make it to make it a game that works it has to yeah so basically there, there's no way to have lore and the game and the and the uh the tabletop yeah. be synchronized without, without changing without the game fundamentally yeah, completely changing your percentile system. You would have to rebalance everything. What so would you change instance, it to? You could pick like, honestly, a D10 probably wouldn't be too bad. Moving to a D10 system probably wouldn't be that bad. All right. The issue there is that not only does that inherently change, you know, how balancing needs to work, that completely changes how the game itself works because. Think of the uh, strength versus toughness chart. Yeah. Like if I, because if I, yeah, that, that, that would have to inherently change as well. Now, well granted, I mean, they could but, go but... to a system more like age of Sigmar, where it's just every weapon has a chance to hit. Every weapon has a chance to wound built into its well, uh, data line. I don't think the change would be that bad because yeah, like you would have to do like the, like, strength and toughness would have to change but like it's still very much like if i'm if my strength is double your toughness i'm going to be hitting on two ups or you know whatever the fuck like the fundamental the fundamental yeah, that, that still stays that, the same the it would just though, be expanded that's the thing though is that now instead of six because the thing about six is six works really well for that chart because you have um uh five stages on that chart so if you meet it if you meet it, okay, cool, then it's, you know, a 50% chance. If you're higher than it, then you have a little bit better chance. And if you're double it, you have a really good chance. And then going the other way around, if you're less than it, you have a harder chance. If you're half of it, you have a really hard chance. And then you, you just toss away ones as like an auto-fail thing. So for that chart, it works really well. You move to a D10 system. Okay, let's say you're still throwing out the ones. So let's say the ones are still auto failures, but now you have nine stages at which you need to determine how you wound, like what your wound roll is. It complicates things. Yeah, and that's what that's what I, I mean by saying really do oh, like... you have to completely change the game. The game. I really like how you just say Mark it's not just always expanding things to make things a, 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 make sense a little more. You're also inherently changing a major part of the game which is based on wounding yeah i like how age of sigmar it does where it just says like roll this to hit roll this to wound um makes the game go by a lot faster because you're not having to check with your opponent be like hey what's their toughness and stuff like that um yeah but if they did go to like a d10 system as you're stating or even a d12 um i do like d12s um fuck it d20 <laughs> confuse the shit out of everyone no one like, can play this game without a calculator you, you can make that like 12 up it's just instead of being a one to six chance it's now one in 12 chance and it's a lot more difficult to actually spike the funny 12s. thing about that is if you went to a d12 system that would actually be an easier conversion because then you just yeah, double, double it everything, just double just double and then you yeah. fine-tune it later on okay no 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 hear me out yeah. hear me out hear me out hear me out hear me out a d100 system <laughs> Bro, at that point you'd have <laughs> no. to be rolling rolling by the squad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Apocalypse. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I think 
I think my faction that I think needs to be changed. I, I guess like Phil kind of talked more broadly than just fa- than than Mitchell and I am, but I, I I still think it made a lot of sense. But I'm I'm gonna dumb it back down to just like faction wide. Um, uh, in in note, I I am bad. I have not yet looked into tenth edition rules. I, I've been more focused on getting my ship built and painted than like trying to figure out how the new game how the game works in tenth edition. I'm I have the books and shit. I'm just gonna get to it later. Fight me. Um. So All I right. might how be wrong. Of, I I mean I have my knife. <laughs> <laughs> I have my little pink stabby knife. Um. Uh. So, it, it is so, made of plastic, folks. He is joking, by the way. No, I'm going to stab Philip with an actual knife. He will die. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm ready. Let's fucking go. Uh, yeah, right. The the big it's a win win. <laughs> uh, you don't have to worry about bills anymore. But so. Oh man, that is tempting. Before <laughs> before I go, on, I'm gonna preface this with like I with with tenth edition rules. I might be wrong, but I have had a bit of a bone to pick with Death Guard for a while. I do not like how Death Guard work on tabletop. Because my thing has always been that like at well, like ninth edition, eighth and ninth, I it wasn't as bad. I was still a little eh about it, but it wasn't as bad because they had the whole like disgustingly resilient shit and whatnot. But I've always felt like Death Guard should be represented better by having more wounds rather than be rather than high, rather than having higher toughness. Because they've always said it's not that it's harder to wound them; it's that they don't give a shit that they've been wounded. Yeah. So you can hurt them just as easily as you can hurt other space marines. They just don't fucking care because 80% of their body is just weird pestilent muck that doesn't matter if they get hurt. Like they can take these grievous wounds and not give a shit because it's just blech. So I have a question for you. Would right. you think it would suit them better to have so so I'm going to give you three options and I want I want you to pick one that you think would be the best representation. Am I, am I allowed to give my own if I don't agree with any of your three? <coughs> I, I guess you could, but no. like, I think I'm going to cover the three basic ones. Oh, okay, Mitchell, I'm um, sorry. More wounds. Uh, Actually, I guess I'm going to go through four. More wounds. Damage reduction. Wards or higher toughness. Or sorry, I'm, not wards. Uh, feel no pains. FNPs. I'm, I'm going to do a combination. More wounds and a really shitty FNP. So I would say like they get. Up. I would say they get they get demon saves, but they're sixes instead of five. So a really shitty, really shitty FNP, but they also have more wounds. Okay, and would it be like one one wound per marine? I would say that. So ple- like basic ass plague marines, I would say yeah, have like one more wound, but like terminators, like uh, especially um uh shit uh fuck blight um help me out here uh there's two types white the scythe, the, 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 the there's the scythe the scythe boy terminators and the not scythe boy terminators oh 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 uh death shroud and the death shroud have the scythe that's right are the big name. ones yeah those blight are the ones lords. that have like yeah uh, is it death shrouds or blood lords that have the have the scythes death shrouds because death, death shrouds were martarion's personal guard yeah, so I would say because basically to be a Terminator is to be in Terminator armor is to be the more elite, the better skilled, and whatnot in, in normal space brain. So how that would transfer to Death Guard, in my opinion, was they're, they're the older, more experienced, more bestowed of Nurgle's gifts. So I would say like 
the death uh, the the shit De- death shroud and we said blight guard blight lord blight lord yeah so so blight lord terminators so, so no- normal termies have what three wounds right two or three uh, i think i think they have three now right i don't remember to be honest going going off the assumption that terminator like space brain terminators have three wounds is i would say blight lord terminators would have five wounds and death Shroud would have six which i know sounds crazy but the whole point is that they are the more experienced and they have more of nurgle's gifts bestowed upon them and the more gifts you have of nurgle normally means the tankier you are because you have more of his rot more of his demonic resilience Mm mm-hmm so I would say Plague Marines one would have uh, would have uh, three instead of two, Blight Lords would have five instead of three, and Death Shroud would have six instead of three, and then also because um Death Shroud are melee focused as well, which will which will also help them. Um, I I do agree with them being slower. I definitely I think, don't think I it think should the be Death so. Death Shroud dead. inherently have a invul, so I don't think they would need. I don't think they would need the full six. I think they could get away with just having five because I think they. <clears throat> other rules that make them better than just a standard light lord then i would say they at least have but, a ha, have a demon yeah, I, I see then. where you're going with that though yeah and but like to, to make it a little more simpler basic essentially basic marines get one terminators get two and but but, but even going any further and this is just how i see it like, i might be completely wrong and if i am that's fine but i would say like non-demon engine vehicles so like a chaos land, um, land raider right like, like a like a a a, yeah, um, yeah. a death guard land raider that's not a demon engine i would say that their vehicles are shittier because they have all that rot on them but they're not sentient not organic they're you know so if, if they're not being possessed by a demon they're just normal ass vehicles but they've still been subjected to all of chaos's you know raw all of nurgle's rot and the um the misuse and the um I'm trying to think of the word to not when you're not taking care of shit properly. But English is currently oh, escaping um, me. Yeah. I would say their vehicles would be shittier, but their demon engines would have the same type of resilience that the Plague Marines do because the demon engines are Nurgle demons inside of, you know, a vehicle. Yeah. So, like, obviously you could go further and further into that, but th- that's that's how I would run Death Guard if I had to, had to make the rules. And once again, I know I already said this, but it just goes back and they've always said that, like, it's not that they're harder to hurt. It's that they don't give a shit that they've been hurt. Yeah. And I've always felt it's like having to kill them because you have to deal more damage to them. Yeah. And them having more toughness. Yeah, yeah. It never made any sense to me because they're not tougher. They just don't give a shit that you've blown half of their chest out. Yeah. So that that's always been my big gripe about Death Guard and like in 10th edition, they might we, be different. I'm not sure. But from my current knowledge of, of uh, Death Guard, no, that's I been think my it, biggest issue. I think in 10th edition, actually, they did away with a lot of their resilience. And so that's actually been a big issue that they've had in 10th edition is that they they aren't particularly resilient. So they're they're slower than every other Chaos Marine faction, but they lost like. All, all of their, their all of their protections, yeah. yeah. So, so 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 they're just abjectly shittier. Yeah. Lovely, but yeah, that that's mine. That's my how I would fix a faction. Um, man. Okay, I know that we we've been we've been going and going. How <laughs> how long has this episode been so far? Um, um, well, we've had a bunch over... of technical issues. So... It's been about it's been about two hours, hasn't it? Yeah, my, uh, my internet's not getting really getting any better. So uh, hang on, we, we may need to end it before we uh 
decide to go to ending is there any other particular like 40k thing you would want to talk about before we go ahead and call it uh i i think a bunch of, like the horse heresy kits look fucking dope as shit i i wish i liked resin I'm more so because happy. resin kits look good well no a I'm bunch so of happy. shit's coming to plastic so like it looks fucking fantastic and it's easy to build that zinch is the bad guy in space marine too what dude did you not see that thousand suns are like instead of it being nurgle or like corn being like the bad the bad demon guys it zinch this go around and they haven't been the bad guys since fire fire team that 2006 um supposedly halo killer wait hold on you said you said in space marine 2 yeah I thought it was it's, it's just the, like the, the, the secondary one. bad guy. The secondary bad guy is Zinch. Yeah, it's just like how in Space Marine one, like, yeah, the bad guy was orcs, but it actually turned out the bad guy was chaos. <laughs> what, where, where, where did y'all see that? Uh, there have been some leaks that have come out about it. Yeah. Oh, that's actually really fucking cool. So you get yeah. to fight. You get to fight rubric Marines. Oh, that's dope. You know, it'd be cool, yeah. though. Honestly, like as much as I would like, I love that. You know what I think would be the coolest, though? What? But if it was Slanesh, because Slanesh, because that, because Emperor's children get no, gets get no, no love. love. They get no love. Well, it has to be somewhat family friendly. Listen, the game is MA, not X. Yeah. <laughs> what it comes down to. What is it? The um, one, one of my more favored memes right now is, uh, it was like, oh, yeah, why, why, why don't, uh, it, I saw this on, um, on Grimdank, on the on Reddit, on Grimdank, and it was like, oh yeah, why do, why doesn't why doesn't the rest of 40k like the Emperor's Children? And the dude in the picture was a dude sitting with a glass of wine. He was like, oh, well, we bring a bit of like raping babies vibes, and no one really likes that. It's like, yeah, yeah that's, that's I, pretty accurate. I can't really blame them, but I wish someone could bring them into more mainstream like media, be it games or a show or whatever, and somehow manage to make them fit without making it a full on like hardcore snuff film. <laughs> yeah. So like that would be nice. I'm just saying. Have you ever heard about the backstory behind um Event Horizon? About how it was almost rated uh in 17? Uh real quick, Mitchell, I just want to say that um the current song I'm listening to on my 90s grunge lo-fi contemplation or compilation is Seven Nation Army. Nice. I oh, get about it's... like every other syllable, but I understood. But my internet's being trash and we do need to end this. Okay, great. Uh, Philip, finish your thought and then we'll, <laughs> then we'll, then we'll, then we'll call it. Uh, so you know the movie Event Horizon, right? Uh, yeah, the one that's very vaguely based on 40K? Yeah. Uh, so do you know how it was almost rated like N17? Well, yeah, because the whole blood murder porn scene thing. Where they were yeah. like seeing the seeing the visions in hell and it was people like fucking corpses and shit and all kinds of horrible heinous ass things. Yeah, they they like legitimately brought in porn stars and basically for, uh, filmed a really fucked up porno. Well, yeah, no, they called it the blood orgy. Like that's what it was called on yeah. set. <laughs> yeah, and they filmed it all with, like a weekend at like and like not very many people knew about it, and so then they brought it to the director. The and they were like, "What in the what what, the, what in the cinnamon toast fuck is this?" Yeah, they brought it to the yeah, producers. Yeah, I remember that. The producers like, were like, "What?" The? They were like, "Whoa!" Well, because it was longer. It used to be like a four or five minute scene, and then they were like, "You get three and a half seconds, and that's fucking it." <laughs> yeah.
but yeah, yeah no, that's, that's rough. yeah it was like a whole ass nudity and like bareback fucking in it and like it was bad there's blood and organs and shit and like fucking skull fucking people and one it was it was rough it was rough yeah no it that's still one of my one of my favorite like movie trivia things oh because it's fucking hilarious like it's horrible but it's fucking hilarious if you think about yeah. it yeah, no, like the content's fucked up, but like the 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 filming of it apparently was uh, apparently the con- had a pretty the fun con- time. The content horrible. The concept hilarious. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think I think that's gonna be it before Mitchell's uh, internet decides to like commit sampuku. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, I know this this episode was a little hectic and we had some technical difficulties. Sorry about that, but uh. This was the 40k bonus episode. Finally, yeah, it's a bonus episode. Yeah, who gives a shit? No, no one will watch it, right? Hundred percent. No one's, no one's gonna watch this. Yeah, no one watch it. Yeah, no one. Yeah. It'd be fine. No one's gonna be calling us out about being dumbasses or having shitty technology or like not knowing what the fuck we're talking about. That'll never happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I never. guess that's never. Uh, I guess that's it. And we will see y'all next Saturday for Caradon Over. Oh, I'm sorry, Leagues of Votan Part Two. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh man. Okay. Oh, well, bye. Right. Well, peace out, bye. guys. Everyone later. <laughs>